This is Tush. And I welcome you to Tushalicious Talk, an Oklahoma City podcast for titillating women, tantalizing conversation. And I thank you in advance for allowing me to be your one-stop shop advocacy connection. Hey, 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 this is Jackie with Tushalicious Talk. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I am here today with three guests and we are talking about pride in OKC. Um, And we are not streaming live to the Facebook page today because I'm having technical difficulties. So glad that you're listening on uh, Spotify or wherever it's streaming. So my first guest is uh, Toya and she is from Joe May Custom Creations. And then my second guest is Ramona Diaz, who is a transgender woman, a community educator and a classical musician. And my third guest is Izzy Hertz. He is from Urban Pride Events, where he is a promoter and a talent scout. So welcoming Toya back, who is my reoccurring guest on the second Thursday of every month. Uh, tell us what you got going lately and what's coming up. Grand day, grand day, you guys. Um, I am, first of all, happy to be here. Second of all, um, I am doing a revamp on my business at this moment. Um, so I have some things going on. I have um, a new logo coming. I have a new website coming. Um, just keep an eye out. Just keep an eye out for me. Um, Joe May CC on all platforms. Joe May, Joe May CC dot store is my website. It's still up for view. Um, it is under construction, like I said, but it is still up for view. If you'd like to order, contact me personally. Um, uh, Joe May CC on all platforms, like I said, uh, 405. Mm. Seven seven four three three four zero. You forgot your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we also have Ramona Davies here. Davies Diaz here. I'm so sorry. Davy Jones Locker. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Um. My name is Ramona Wayland Diaz. Um. I am a woman. I use she/her pronouns. I am a transgender person. Um. And recently, have found myself in the role of community advocate in light of the um, recent legislative session and the numerous bills targeting the two-spirit LGBTQ community. Um, so it's it's been a pleasure to be able to step up on occasion. Um, but my main project right now is uh, in direction of the Transgender Action Chorus, which is a group I formed in response to these um, legislative attacks. And uh, we work to engage the community in peacemaking um, and to educate each other um, through um, collaboration. And uh, it's, it's really a wonderful time. So um, it's the Transgender Action Chorus on Instagram is all one word. That's our, our Instagram account if you want to stay there for updates. But um, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm all about um, teaching and engaging in intimate and powerful conversation. Awesome. Awesome. And you have a fundraiser going on tonight where you're singing for them, correct? <laughs> yeah. So I have the privilege of being a member of the Canterbury Community Chorus. Um, I'm both a member of their large community, the large community chorus and the chamber choir group. And tonight the chamber choir group is singing a concert titled Crescendo. 
at the Oklahoma History Center. Um, this is a fundraiser for the Canterbury Children's Choir programs. Um, tickets starting at $125 for a single ticket, $225 for a pair. Um, if you've never been in the Oklahoma History Center, it's really gorgeous. They have this giant projected model of the earth and this plane hanging from the ceiling and these beautiful glass ceilings. So if you are somebody who has that sort of income expendable and you want to support the arts in Oklahoma City um, in Canterbury Chorus, then definitely check us out tonight. Um, it should be canterburyokc.com um, is the website. So Cool beans, cool beans. And then last, certainly, definitely not least, we got Izzy Hertz in the building with Urban Pride. So tell us what Urban Pride is and what they've been doing lately and how long you've been with them and all of the good nosy questions. Okay, so uh, I've been with Urban Pride events since 2018. Um, I met the founder, Brandy, by a flyer that was um, in the mall uh, that I worked at at the time. And so I ended up um, helping choreograph for her dance team that she had at the time. And while we were talking one day, uh, I told her that I was actually bisexual. And she told me that she actually planned to... Um, get involved with the pride and throw events and do different things like that, which she had been involved in the community for years uh, up until 2018 when she started the company Urban Pride Events. And what basically what we do is provide programming for diversity and inclusion in the gay community. She just saw that there was a lack of representation for black and other people of color in the gay community. So she really wanted to throw events to really highlight uh, the youth and the um, BIPOC community. Awesome. Awesome. So what type of events did she throw? Um, she throws balls. Um, she throws drag shows, um, sip and paints, all types of different things. Uh, wellness type events. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 So, yeah, you you hit on that. Um, she saw that there was a lack of diversity for um, black people within the LGBTQ community. Yes. Uh huh. And so that's really what she was just trying to get more representation. Exactly. OK. OK. I did not realize that. That's very interesting. Um, I think for me, um, I probably didn't recognize that. Uh, and so I'll say like, you know, whenever you're little and you're taught to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Like we're little militants or something. <laughs> um, uh, I, I remember the first time I came a, across a transgender woman and I kept saying, um, you know, yes, yes, sir. Yes. And she kept saying, stop calling me sir. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I, and I just felt like I could not win. Cause like, it was so embedded in my brain to, you know, to call a person that looks like the, you know, quote unquote, that looks like a man, sir. And someone that looks like a woman, you know, ma'am. And so, um, and then I'll, like with me as well as like, I have friends, male friends that, I'm on the phone. They're like, hey, bro, bro, do this, bro, do that. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I have female friends that are, you know, we call each other what, you know, B-I-T-C-H. People would see that as derogatory or whatnot. But with us, you know, we're just we're friends. That's, you know, just how we talk, you know. So um, 
when people are like, well, what's your pronoun? And I'm, I, I, for me, I kind of hate the question, but I, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's just like, as long as you are not being disrespectful towards me, I don't really care. But at the same time, I don't want to step on other people and say that just because, you know, this is my opinion that it's not important to somebody else. So I want to talk about the importance of pronouns and what it means to you to have someone address you respectfully as what you say you are, because nobody can tell you what you are and no one should be trying to tell you what you are. So. Right, right. I agree. Um, my thought on it is I I am a woman. I know I'm a woman. Um, she, her is the pronoun that I, I guess I prefer. Um, it I feel like it shouldn't have to be pronounced. Like it shouldn't have to be there. Um, if someone wants to be called something other than call them that. Right. You know? Right. So I don't feel like it should be have to be announced to to where it's just right. Hey, what's your what's your pronoun? Yeah. What do, what what do you what you know, what would you like to be called when clearly Well, I don't think it's always clear. <laughs> I don't think it's always clear. Uh, and then I think it boils down to a matter of respect and disrespect at the same time. Um, like I said, because it's the intent for me is what it is. I will say, too, I was in a, an abusive relationship. A lot of people know this about me. I remember one time specifically getting into it with my ex-husband because I was like, dude, and he's like, why didn't you call me? I'm like, dude, you were and like, really, it turned into a physical altercation because I said, dude, you know. So, again, it's the intent not only just the intent of the person, but also the way the other person is interpreting it as well. So you have to figure out a way for both sides to come together. So I would, I'm very interested in your opinion, Ramona. Yeah, I'm more than happy to share. And please allow me to ramble for a minute because there's a lot to unpack with this. Um, and, you know, we've already touched, we brought up pronouns. We've already touched on this distinction between what someone is perceived as your impression of their gender versus what they identify as and what they're telling you. And sometimes those things aren't the same. Um, me personally, I identify as a woman. Um, I know I am a woman. I think most people perceive me as a woman. I still get called sir sometimes because my voice is pretty low. And uh, sometimes some folks just don't understand and, and that's okay. I think a lot of people are at the point where if they know someone's a trans woman and they if they even do clock them as a trans woman, then they probably will be respectful. But really the, the point is that, um, you know, we want to respect people based on what they say they are, because um, even though I am a trans woman and I use she, her pronouns, um, non-binary people exist. Right. Um, and also they can look like anything because if someone doesn't align with the gender binary, all that means is that they, their gender identity cannot be understood as something just male or female. And I'm talking about the social aspect of it, right? Like, okay, people want to talk about biology, male or female. I would argue that biologically right now I'm a female because I have been on estrogen for a significant amount of time and my body is functioning mechanically like a woman. It's my age would, right? 
Um, so there's a lot of nuances to different things like that. Um, but when you ask, like when you're engaging with someone socially, uh, you should use the pronouns that they give you because that is a respectful thing to do. And if you don't understand, then it's not that person's responsibility to explain to you. I, I really think that it's important that we can challenge ourselves to when we, when we find something in the world that confuses us in some regard that we, um, you know, search for, uh, solutions that keep human equity in mind. Um, right. Like if I was in their position, what would be my motivation for this? And unfortunately most people can only conceive, um, because of the lack of perspectives of transgender experiences and media or the ones that are portrayed are harmful, especially those transgender women. Um, people can only imagine that someone would, would use she, her pronouns because they're pretending to be a woman because they're a predator, <laughs> which is a terrible notion. Um, and obviously is political. Um, I mean, a lot of the rhetoric used right now towards transgender people is just recycled homophobia from Anita Bryant and her, her age. Right. So, um, and, and you know, the, the AIDS crisis really crippled that movement, um, in a lot of ways. And so coming back from it, we have a lot of gay folks who are unfortunately selling out the transgender community, um, and, uh, or, um, are being met with bigotry they haven't seen in 15 years because of the steps forward in gay rights equality we've had. So really what's happening right now is an unfortunate piece of a much larger picture. And, um, that's the rise of fascism in, in America. Um, and, you know, people want to call fascism the new F word because you say it, no one takes, no one takes you seriously. Um, but I, I think that if you look at the patterns of history, um, the pieces are there and, and, uh, anybody who cares about transgender rights needs to be caring about, um, you know, immigration and, uh, I mean, there's just a million things, right? They all intertwine. And, and this is where, why intersectionality is an important core theory because, um, if we, if we don't have each other, then what do we have in the face of big capital? Right. I mean, it's just, we're powerless. So. Anyway, um, when it comes back to pronouns, uh, the point is when you have the power in your day to make someone feel a little more respected, you should engage them with that and understand their, understand their experience and consider them to be an ally. Um, if you can respect them, then, you know, you never know like who that person is, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think it's just such a shame to discount people because their perception of the world is a little bit different than you. So, right. Right. You know, yeah. It's okay if you don't understand it really is, but, um, you know, be honest and polite. Both are possible. Yeah. And empathize yeah. when, well, as you were talking, I was thinking empathy. There's definitely a lack of empathy yeah. in the world. People who won't put themselves in another person's shoes. Like if I was going through that situation, how would I want to be treated? And that's not only about anything about LGBTQ or pride or anything like that. That's just period. We need to have more empathy in the world. And I think a lot of the bigotry that comes about is because people absolutely refuse to put themselves in the shoes of a person from, especially transgender, like, how, why would I empathize with that person? He, she, she doesn't even know. He, she doesn't even know what she is. You know what I'm saying? They go on about it. But yeah. It, we really it, have more in lot. common than, than 
not. And that's, that's, that's I mean. really the worst part is that I think that trans people have such a capacity to remind cis people of um, the joys in their gender expression and rather than just the frustrations, especially being a woman, you know, and living in a misogynist society, um, you know, there's just so much about being a woman that is miserable. And I think that trans women are a wonderful reminder to look at the things about being a woman that are really enjoyable and to find camaraderie in that and, and solidarity in the, in the similar shared experiences, you know, and something that I really hold as a guiding principle in my political um, understanding is the fact that we need to follow black women because black women face the same sort of dehumanization in regards to their femininity that trans women face, regardless of their skin color. Right. Mm -hmm. And black trans women have it the worst. And, you know, um, I, I think that there's definitely always room for nuance around identity politics, but if you want to look at the ways of oppression that tend to compound in people, like who gets, who gets left out of the picture, <laughs> you know, yep. and, and we got to remember that. Yeah. And so that's why I, I just think that it's important for me as a, a white passing person, um, I'm mixed race, you know, Latina and white, but I think that it is so important to be uh, engaging in the biases that I've developed um, growing up in white society, America. Um, and so it's the same thing about tran transgender um, people and, and understanding the way that they live their lives is like, we grew up with these conceived notions of things that until you actually engage in a conversation with somebody or, or watch and learn their perspective in a way that is not dramatized for internet points, um, you know, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing is that trans people are put themselves out there to try and like raise awareness. And I always end up getting taken advantage of because for shock value, it's, it's, it's such an insane thing to people. And that's the problem was for me, like it was an insane thing for me too. Like I felt a lot of shame for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And, and if I had had the um, resources available to me or just even the representation really, right. we'll get into that later, but um, then I would not have felt so alone. Um, yeah. in that. So yeah. pronouns are just a very tip of the iceberg. It really comes down to the way that we see people and the way that we can understand their perspectives. So, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. When, as you were talking about, um, black, um, transgender women, I have a transgender friend in Atlanta and I kind of got an argument with her about, um, that there was this Facebook post that went around for a long time saying that transgender persons should not have to announce that they are transgender went on the dating scene. And so, and I said, I, I, I understand it. I really do understand it, but I don't support it. And the reason I can't support it is because once if you, a, a transgender woman dates a straight man, and then once that straight man finds out that that person was born a man, mm -hmm there's a high probability that they will kill or hurt that person. Yeah. And so for that reason alone, and, and I understood her arguments against it, like, no, we, no, we should be able to do just like everybody else does. And, and I, and I get it. I promise well, you. And I they'll get, get off in court with it because it's happened before. It, there's legal precedent. I think it was in California, you know, a, a man murdered a transgender woman. Um, and I mean, whether or not he knew earlier, it doesn't matter. The point is he murdered this woman. That's right. Right. And, and so, and I understand what you're saying. And, and as a woman, that's a completely reasonable answer because you're like, you need to keep yourself safe ultimately. Right. right? right. And I'm like, but, but my issue with it is the phrasing that you said, you can't do that because you know, it's going to ultimately result in a man's action. And here's the thing. 
we, we shouldn't have to dictate our reality based on whether or not a man's going to react in the wrong way. And, and that's why you should own a firearm and know how to use it. <laughs> and, and also why you should understand um, the mechanisms in place that we do culturally and socially that allow men to get away with things like that. And, and um, I think that if you're trans, it's probably a big enough part of your life that, you know, I would hope that you would tell the person that you're seeing but I think it's reasonable if you'd want to wait till the second, third or fourth date before you get to know somebody. Cause you might not even know if they're safe enough to tell. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. We don't know sometimes. And it's easier now. And, and, and the, the more conventionally attractive you are, the easier it gets for people um, typically, but ultimately you never know when someone is going to be having gone down the wrong rabbit hole or heard the wrong thing at the wrong time or watched the wrong movie, you know, and cause that, that stuff's everywhere and it's like landmines and don't even go that far. Just, you know, like it's on front page of every single porn website, you know, like this fetishization of transgender bodies and, and like their use and their discard. And, you know, so it, it's very invasive when um, your genitalia is the subject of everyone's concern all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's something that more than trans people can relate to, certainly, um, you know. Yeah. And and I do remember the case because I actually remember arguing. I actually unfriended some people that were justifying the murder. Like they said that he had the right to kill. Yeah, because, yeah, no. And I was just like, no, murder is murder. It's murder. It's the same mentality. (laughs) It's the same mentality that enables, you know, like deputized individuals, you know, veterans to murder people on the subway jordan neely i'll say his name you know and like i'm sorry because there's a new story less than every week and and i'm like when is enough going to be enough it's not about transgender people you know it's about wealth and power getting away with things and 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 i'm like we we can hash it out about pronouns or skin color all day, but that's, that's where it comes down to. Right. And, and I, I'm just tired of people getting killed. Yeah. Same. I'm so tired. Same. Yeah. And it, so I think like as in the black community and this um, is directed at you, Izzy, um, I see so much hatred from black men towards um, other gay black men. Of course, it, every, anyone that falls within the LGBTQ realm so as a black man, um, how do you deal with that on a daily basis? Well, I grew up in a household where um, once people started catching on that I may be attracted to men when I get older, I was kind of discriminated against in my own home. So being in the black community and dealing with discrimination because of my sexual orientation is something that I'm really used to. And the way I usually deal with it is I just, um, you know, you got to focus on the people who are actually for you and you got to focus on the people who actually love you and who will be there for you. And you can't focus on all the outside noise and the people who are going to naysay and have things to say just because of a book that was written millions of years ago or just how they were raised. And so, um, I just really try to just let it roll down my back 
and just keep going with life because that's all you can do, you know? That's right. Roll with the punches. Yeah. Find your people. My next question for all three of you, I will say as a um, bi black man, a transgender quote unquote white woman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to identify as mixed more, but I'm white passing. Certainly. I will acknowledge that. Yeah. And a lesbian black woman. What is pride to you? What is the actual event to you? What does Pride Month mean to you? And how does it empower you if it empowers you? Um, it actually means a lot to me. Um, I like the celebration. I like being able to come together and celebrate who we are as we are and not have to argue or... Um, uh, um, excuse me, I just drew a blank, argue or um, attest to who we are. Um, I'm a different type of person, regardless of if I'm a lesbian or not. If I was straight, I'd still be a different type of person because of my personality and who I am. Um, but I had to find who I was. Like, it was it was hard for me to find who I was because, like I said, like you said, the discrimination. Um, and it's it's hard sometimes like trying to find who you are and trying to be who you are um but i love who i am and i love that pride month i'm able to express it even more even though i do it on a daily basis mhm mhm i will just say real quick the first time that i took my kids to pride my daughter the one that goes to oklahoma school of science mathematics she's in 11th grade now she's in the 6th grade and I hate to embarrass her like this, but in the sixth grade, she she wore she was a triple D. And she used to wear big shirts and she would wear huge sweaters and she would cower over all the sweetie, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they're not going anywhere, you know? And so I wanted to take her to Pride. And I definitely got uh the brute of of a whole bunch of uh hatred for my family for doing this, but I wanted to take them to Pride because there are bare uh, breasted women at Pride and they walk around with their chest out and their head held high. And I want my daughter to see that, you know? And so, um, and I took her and I just remember her reaction and the one that was up under her, just their reaction of looking like, oh my gosh, these people are walking. Yes, that baby, they're not going anywhere. You got to figure out how to love your body. So I didn't want to uh, interrupt like that. But yes, what does pride mean to you, Ramona? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was a wonderful story. And um, I really hope that, you know, they found peace in their body. Um, I understand that journey, certainly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would like to share this. Um, this was a, there was an article written about me in the Oklahoma Gazette. Um, I think it was about over a year ago. And the title of the article is Pride is Solidarity. And this is an interview on what pride is to me. So I thought maybe, hey, I'll share that at least um, because that's really what pride is to me. I think pride is a reminder of um, the uh, shared experiences and and, um, the shared value of self-expression and that freedom and peace. So um, I'm also quite remiss because I have actually never been to Pride. Um, I have, I came out as a transgender woman in 2021 
in the summertime and I'd been by, uh, identifying as bisexual before then. And I was comfortable with that, but not to the extent that I was involving myself in the community, which is, I think, common for a lot of bisexual people um, to tend to feel left out or not, not in place. Um, so when I came out as trans, I was like, well, I really should probably go to pride. I guess I'm queer enough now. Um, but I, last year I was working all summer and I didn't, I was out of town, out of state, so I wasn't able to make it. But this year I'm very excited to play a part in whatever capacity I can and, and find myself able. I'm hoping to get the transgender action chorus involved, but, um, most of all, I just want to use pride as a reason to, in this just absolutely intense time, um, where we're seeing queerness itself being outlawed, it feels like in so many states, uh, to really use it as a chance to, um, organize networks of support and um, prepare ourselves for what is worse to come ahead is what it feels like. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a journey through the struggle. Yeah. yeah, certainly. We need to build strong connections now and, and start making sure you know who you're going to call when you need help because you might get to the point where you don't know what to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what about you, Izzy? What does pride mean for you? Well, to me, I like both of the things that they each said um, because for me, pride has always really been about like just this feeling of like, you're not alone. You know, there are other people going through things that you have gone through and there are other people who it's gotten better for and it can get better for you. And um, just like really a time to come together and be around community and um, to celebrate survival and the fact that we're still here and the fact that we have been through things, but we're still standing. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, certainly. And we have a proud history for sure. And and that's really the, the, the best part about it is it's all about remembering um, that proud history, you know, thinking about Stonewall and, and all the amazing people who, who led the riots there and, um, even further back than that and thinking about what we lost in Nazi Germany, which is ever so critically relevant right now as we're burning books. <laughs> so um, th- there's just so much more. And, and that's one of the most amazing things is we're living in a time where queer historians are finding the resources and capacity to really do their work. And there's so much more knowledge about queerness as a concept, about gender identity as a concept. And um culturally throughout all of the world, you know, we're learning so much right now. So it really is a great time to be, to be queer. So love, love to be alive right yeah, now. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, and, and anyone is welcome to correct me on this. Um, but I want to say Maury Turner, who is the house rep for um, the Ardmore area. She is a black woman. She is a Muslim and she identifies as uh, they, them. And I, Really believe that I have read that she is the very first um, they them that has been elected in the whole United States of America, not just uh, Oklahoma. So, Jackie, if you'll mind if I correct you on just a couple of language things. So, Mari Turner, they are non-binary and they use they them pronouns. You're right. Now, they, I believe, identify with some of the struggles of womanhood, um, certainly, and and have a lot of... um, Similar understandings. However, um, I believe they are they are not binary. So we really don't want to use she her pronouns. In you are correct. My so apologies. Just, just to be completely clear for everyone listening. Yes, we're, we're all working and learning together. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. You are correct. And I know that. Yeah. I see it all the time that it's they, them when she sends emails and stuff like that. So I, I definitely know that. Yeah. But I mean, again, it goes back to when I'm, I'm when a teacher, you grow we, we up, coach you and, yeah. <laughs> it's ingrained into our brains. So yeah, my apologies, definitely. Um, but, and then just speaking also of um, representatives, um, for whoever your state senator is or your house rep or even your governor, city council, so forth, even the president for that matter, do you feel like you are adequately represented as, you know, by lesbian, transgender, so forth? In general or by Maurice? And I think Mari has a lot on their shoulders <laughs> and they represent like amazing. all of America. So no, not Mari in general. Unfortunately, their censure has been quite the blow um, for us, but you know, it can feel like it's pointless on the floor anyway, having anyone up there. But I think that Mari, if we're going to have anyone in that room, Mari fights like hell um, and, and they deserve every ounce of respect we can and support we can give them. Certainly. Um, but I would definitely say in general, um, and forgive me, I just jumped in here. Um, I'll go ahead and answer first. Cause I'm already talking. Okay. Um, but I think that in general, no, uh, I don't feel represented mostly because, um, as somebody who really, uh, believes in a different understanding of life that would ensure the well-being of every life. Um, beginning with people, of course, but animal lives too and the planet. And we have to really focus on that, right? Like, I believe that we really need to change things if we're going to survive in the next 30 or 40 years. Um, and in the neoliberal, this, this kind of post Reagan era, like former government, we have everybody in politics is so far right of what I consider to be reasonable human conversation <laughs> that it, it's just difficult to really envision that, um, there's any sort of representation for labor or for, for trans people. If, if not like in a, like, here's what I mean. Like there's the difference between tokenization and usage of a group of people for votes versus like genuine representation. Yeah. And so like, I'm talking about like Joe Biden's like, I'm going to pass the equality act. I'm going to make sure blah, blah, blah. Right. But Joe Biden hasn't done anything about what DeSantis is doing in Florida. Joe Biden and Joe Biden has been failing left and right. And you know what, Joe Biden, and, and we can go on and on, right? Joe Biden talks about how proud he is of having the black vote while he put th thousands of people in jail, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's horrible. So, you know, I, I think that we can identify with, with this like problem of not feeling represented in any regard by, by Democrats or Republicans. And, and I would hope that, you know, um, on a local level, things can change in that regard. However, uh, until we're really to willing to have serious conversations about disengaging the systems that perpetuate abuse mm -hmm. and, and engaging systems that perpetuate love, support and community, then we're not going to get anywhere with me. And I'm not going to sit in a room and talk about which of these is the worst evils when we should be having a completely different conversation. Yes, I love that. We should. We yes. should stop entertaining fascists. <laughs> let's let's push the conversation left a little bit and then maybe we'll talk about what's extreme or not. You know, like I think right now. If, if basic human dignity is extreme, then goddamn, I'm a socialist, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that, that's a little bit of Gen Z for you right there, but. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it makes sense. It works. So, hey. Um, you don't have to talk about Karl Marx to, you know, um, acknowledge that 
that we need to change things. I think there's way more room for nuance and, and look at America, look at the black leadership we've had in our own communities, you know, um, who have just completely changed the way that we understand, um, you know, our identities as American people. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion um, about how you, if you feel like you're represented um, or what better could even be done so that the people who are currently in office could make you feel not just you, but in general, everyone feel like they're represented. I mean, I guess, um, I guess historically, like black people who are of low income, especially black people who are of low income, who also happen to be gay, <laughs> have probably always been mis, um, you know, not so represented Mm -hmm. so i think i just i really have never felt that represented i think that um during like obama's presidency that was a really beautiful time but um i don't think i think even then you know obama had a hard time just like making sure that black people felt heard and represented so no I, i i don't yeah yeah i get that i totally get that and um i say like even in the matter of voting um I think I was telling, I think I was talking to you earlier, Ramona, when I was saying people like to vote shame people like, oh, you don't vote, vote so your voice doesn't matter. And I do not agree with that at all. Like I, I definitely, especially as the co-president of the League of Women Voters, I want people to vote. But I understand why people don't vote. And a lot of times it's because they say, well, my vote doesn't matter. And then when you ask them, well, why don't you think your vote matters? Well, because I'm not being represented. So um, that being said, I just want to know, like, personally, do you vote or do you not vote? I don't. And just for exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm represented mm-hmm. um, being a black female lesbian, especially. Um, I don't feel like I'm being heard. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's no, it's pointless, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, What about you, Izzy? Um... I'm registered to vote, but I haven't voted in quite some time. Yeah, so not even you're lie. probably not registered anymore. They passed the law. <laughs> what about you, Ramona? Yeah, well, um, I haven't always been a voter. Uh, I do vote now, though. Um, I encourage you to vote. If you're going to vote, um, get informed. You know, we've got a lot of people in office right now who are in counties and they ran completely unopposed. And you might not really be happy about what they're voting for. Uh, on the house floor, I'll tell you what. Um, so, you know, maybe find out in your county, at least know who's running. And if they're running unopposed, then uh, put your name down because we want someone who at least reads the news. That's you know what I mean? Like if, if you, if you have a sense of civic responsibility, then run for office and, and then we'll talk about, um, you know, feeling represented or not. And I understand how impossible that feels for so many people. And, and the thing, the point is, you know, I'm going to say that, but I'm going to say that while also trying to build networks of support that are going to allow you to run for office, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'm doing my best to understand how to do that as a young person. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I really think that we just need more personal accountability and more, more comfort with leadership because nobody knows our situation better than ourselves. And, and maybe, maybe for you in your life, you've got a God who's peering down and understands everything, but Joe Biden isn't God, you know? And so I'm not going to stop letting him make decisions regarding my well-being, And I'm going to start trying to make them myself, I think so. Um, I do vote. And when I vote, I try to vote for the lesser of two evils. I have several friends who don't vote. Um, some of them consider themselves to be anarchists and their solution is to build 
systems of support entirely outside of our current understanding of, you know, politics. And I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And we're going to need things like that if we're going to be successful as, uh, you know, as a working class unit Mm -hmm. moving forward. Right. So um, whether it's going to civic engagement for you looks like voting and showing up and educating because voting is bare minimum, but you know, there's more to that. Or if it looks like, you know, making sure that your church community really does help the homeless, things like that. Right. I think that is a form of civic engagement that is invaluable. And uh, you Grassroots know, if, connection. If, if you've got to supplement it with something else, then supplement it with something real, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. So um, maybe uh, we can try to do something with urban pride in the future and figure out some type of line to advocate. And I like to say all the time I try to say this even if you don't vote your voice does matter and you can still contact your legislator Mm -hmm. they're still supposed to represent you regardless if you do or you don't vote so you can still email you can email Governor Stitt and tell him what your opinion is you can eat they all have a public email address somewhere you just got to go to the website they have a phone number that you can call you can go to the capitol building and write a little note yeah when you go in if they're in their office they'll talk to you you know whether you vote or not is not just the only thing that you can do to get your opinion across uh, as to how to make keep our community a better community. So, but yeah, for uh, Urban Pride coming up, you guys have an event called Lesbi. Lesbi Friends. Lesbi Friends. <laughs> what is Lesbi Friends? Uh, Lesbi Friends is a block party pop up shop that was started two years ago. This is the third year. Um, with by Brandy, uh, of course, Urban Pride. Um, I have assisted her with finding uh, vendors and we accepting uh, vendors coming out to represent um, themselves and the community um, to come out just to share in the community. Um, we are going to be located at Green Box Dispensary on 10th and Miller this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Again, um, we uh, usually take up the, it's called a block party. So we take up the entire space there. Um, we have the back area upstairs, downstairs where people can come and gather and we have music and we have entertainment. We have food. We have, like I said, vendors. Um, when is it? Uh, June 3rd. Mm-hmm. Only on June 3rd? Yes. Just one day? June 3rd, yes. Um, they would contact Let's Be Friends BP. Okay, so if you guys want a vendor booth, go ahead and reach out. Um, and then other than that, the Pride uh, parades that are coming up, there's one. The OKC Pride Fest is Friday, uh, June the 23rd through June the 25th. And the actual parade for that is that Sunday, the 25th at 11 a.m. And then you got Pride on 39th Street, which is a little bit sooner. It's just around the corner. Uh June the 2nd through June the 4th. And then their parade is June the 4th, that Sunday as well at 6 p.m. So, um, yeah, uh, you as far as Urban Pride goes, what does Urban Pride do at, you guys participate in the OKC Pride Fest, right? Mm -hmm. So what exactly does Urban Pride do at the Pride Fest? Uh, well, we uh, have time to be on the stage. So we, uh, you know, like um, have people come up and we do like stand battles with dance teams and different things like that. Just uh, highlighting the youth and yeah. 
It's pretty lit, is what I heard. Yeah, it's pretty lit. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, we let a lot of people come up on stage and we just dance. And you're and one yeah. of those people, right? Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do? <laughs> uh, I dance and I perform in the Pride Parade and yeah. So that's all you're gonna tell me. What's give me some more? What do you perform? What do you do? I mean, I I do hip hop. I do hip hop dancing. Uh, I used to like. Well, when I was more in shape, I would like be on stage in my underwear and be dancing around. Yeah, <laughs> but that's pride. That's on pride for sure. Well, as we are closing out, I just want from each of your perspectives to anyone younger that might be going through the same struggle or even somebody older that might be going through um, the struggle. What advice would you give them as we conclude this episode? Um, just to, you know, it gets better and to be patient and to stay strong. Yeah. Ramona? What's the struggle? You mean just like being alive right now? <laughs> I mean, if, I think if you're a trans- The hatred. The hatred. I think if you're a trans person and you're in danger of losing access to your care, um, I understand your fear. If you're a trans youth who has already lost access to their care, um, or- has been forced to leave their home due to lack of acceptance or, you know, I, I see you and I hear you and um, I'm going to fight like hell within my power to make sure that y'all get what you need. Um, if you're having a hard time in general right now and you have the resources, I, I beg you, I urge you to inform yourself and educate yourself on perspectives beyond those you got from your history classroom in Oklahoma, please. Because, um, you know, there's a big hood being pulled over our faces right now. <clears throat> and um, if we're not careful, you know, they're going to change everything about our public school system. They're going to change. They're building a new jail. Like they're putting in a new, they're, they're passing a bill to put in a new high-tech security surveillance center in Oklahoma City. That's going to be able to take facial recognition of people and have drones flying over the place. Like y'all, they're going to start policing the hell out of us. They're going to build another cop city here. You know, like we got to wake up because what's we have a super majority in our house right now. And if, if you want to do something more than start with just, you don't have to even change your perspective. I'm just asking that you step back a little bit and understand your perspective that you have, that you were raised in and understand that there are other perspectives with the situation going on right now, perspectives that maybe would make you feel a little more empowered and, and a little more in control of the situation. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Toya. Um, First, let me say, I forgot to mention our Eventbrite, Let's Be Friends 2. If you're interested in being a vendor, please go there as well to sign up. Let's Be Friends 2. Um, and second, um, I would just say um, stay strong. Um, it will get better. Uh, find your people. Like he said earlier, find your people, find your tribe. Um, not everybody is for you. Find your people. You just got to get out there and find them. That's right. And go with it. Yeah. And uh, what I will say in conclusion is uh, we have, I feel like DEI, which is diversity, equity and inclusion has become a very cliche phrase, but I am hoping to do more episodes, not just in the transgender um, or in the LGBTQ community, but also like in spirituality. And, you know, um, I want to invite like people from the Buddhist community or the Hindi community or even the Catholic community or, you know, so forth and so on. Um, definitely the Asian community, the um, Hispanic community, 
just everyone. Like, I really want people to, when they're saying, oh, we value DEI, that we actually really value DEI. Yeah, and and that we we analyze the ways we might need to change our understanding or behavior in order to actually be more accepting of people because there's a lot that goes unsaid um, and people get left behind. So we got to stop that. Yep. So tune in again so that I help you not leave other people behind. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Tushalicious Talk is part of the Breaking Ice, Building Bridges community podcast platform brought to you by Possibilities, Inc.